Welcome to Governmental Astrology. I'm Linda Rowe. Today is May 19th, 2020. In many ways, we live in an unknown world. Even after thousands, tens of thousands of years, we humans understand almost nothing of the environment in which we live. And that may seem like an incredible statement, but hang with me just a minute and you may understand what I mean. There are some ways that we humans know an incredible amount about the world, but we know incredible amounts about little tiny pieces. We're sort of like the four-year-old boy who can tell you everything about dinosaurs. The boy knows everything about dinosaurs and nothing all at once because he never actually lived with dinosaurs. But we live on earth and we tend to observe earth as if we are outsiders. We live on Earth, but we observe space as if we are looking for a new home. Quite often, our language does not reflect anything about living on Earth. We often talk about up and down. Up is good. Up is valuable. Up gets you paid more for the work you do. Down is bad. Down is violent, we believe. Down is somewhere we don't want to go. How did we get this very strange idea, this up and down motif that we have in our language? It's inside our heads, too. We are taught, at least the people in power have been taught, that we only pay attention to those people who are at our same social level or above. We talk about the upper crust of society, but a crust isn't just at the top of the bread. The crust surrounds the bread. In fact, the part that is sometimes burned the most is when you take the bread out of the, well, the part that's burned sometimes the most is at the bottom of the bread when you take it out of the oven. Why is up good and why is down bad? On earth, it isn't that way at all. I propose that we're not really talking about up and down when we say up and down. When we point up, we point to the sky. Up, to us, is the sky. When we point down, we point to the earth. Up is the sky, and down is the earth. If you follow where your finger is pointing when you point upwards, just follow it right out into space. And you can even, if you imagine your finger could shoot out a string in the direction that you point. And then if you point upwards that string, it would, it would go clear out into space. And so when we're pointing out, well, we are pointing out when we think we are pointing up. For many people, anything that comes from the sky is good. Although, interestingly, I'm not talking anything that came from Earth originally. So we don't treat rain in the same way that I'm talking, even though rain can be very welcomed if you live in a region of drought. It's not quite the same thing I'm trying to describe we talk about manna from heaven. We talk about good fortune befalling us. We drop in on friends. Money rains down on us. There's an idea that good things come from the sky. But we don't follow that thought. They come from the sky? I don't know about you, but I've never actually had anything good fall from the sky. I've heard of people whose house got damaged when a frozen piece of toilet water fell on it. Um, the frozen toilet water never melted when it was ejected from an airplane. 
The house that I used to live in was very close to an airplane that fell out of the sky. And uh, it, I don't know, it must have exploded in air because it landed in many different parts of the neighborhood. That wasn't good. I think a couple of people died in that accident. And rocks routinely fall on cars in the Colorado mountains. The way we talk about up and down is bizarre. And, but I've watched it over many years, and I still have to say I don't really understand what's going on. I know that in our power structure, we consider the people who have more power than we, more money than we, and often more education than we, we consider them to be above us. We can speak of our bosses as our superiors, and we allow those we consider to be superior to boss us around. Likewise, we boss the people who we consider to be below us. We boss them around. Um, there's an idea that you marry somebody who's above you. Marrying somebody who is below you is considered to not be very acceptable. If a woman who has a PhD, um, if she marries uh, a roofer, for example, the people around her would look askance at her. And this is true for much of society. There are many things to say about this, of love, of highly placed things, um, and our fear of being brought down, of being brought low. So strange. And yet much of our language concerning being brought low, being take, taken down, cut down, he was cut down in his prime. This type of language, it is reminiscent of ways that we harvest wheat, ways that we harvest grain. We tend to sort people out. We sort people into layers with the people having the least amount of power or resources closest to the ground. And as people increase in power and resources, they move upwards in layers, sort of like a cake. But with human beings, it really comes out being more like a dog pile with some people being crushed beneath everyone else and others walking all over the tops of everyone. It can be hard to breathe at the bottom even though we say that the people at the top have blue blood. I'd like to propose that when we say up, we really mean out. When we point up, we're really pointing out, outside Earth's atmosphere. I say that because we tend to trust information that comes to us from a higher realm. We're never exactly sure what this means, but we sure do trust the information. And I'm not talking everyone for sure. But many of the people who don't like psychics or channeling or guiding spirits believe that heaven is above us, or at least we point to the sky when we point to heaven. God is above us. Hell is below us. We love information that comes to us from above. Some people receive information during prayer. They receive insights. Some people channel other beings. Some people have guiding spirits. Not all guiding spirits give information, but when people receive information from their guiding spirits, they trust the information. Some people who have given up on religion nevertheless consider that the universe is communicating with them. The universe is trying to tell them something. To me, the universe seems very far away. Earth is right here, and everything that I've ever learned has been something that I've learned here on the ground. When I listen to people talk, they talk of the way that they want things to be whenever they talk of the universe or of praying. I work as a chaplain and I've prayed with many people 
then it's almost always a communication with a being that is outside Earth's realm. And I'm usually telling God something about what the people want. The family wants their loved one to live. A person will ask for prayer on their behalf, and it's almost always for something that isn't currently happening on the Earth. And now we have this virus, and what is happening is something that most of us could never have imagined. We were living our life, and then we were waiting for the virus to arrive, and then we were being sent home. Although only some of us were sent home, others of us had to keep going to work, as we know. But there were others who did not, and who do not believe what is happening. These people somehow think that the world around them is a lie. Nearly everything around them is bad, it's dangerous, and it's a world that is against them. No matter what happens, somebody is doing something to them that they don't like. Interestingly, these people have a lot of trust in the power structure. They like it when they're told what to do by a very strong central leader. And that central leader seems to be the central truth of their life, of their life. Whether it's a president or a pastor or a rabbi, these people will do pretty much anything they are told to do. I see some similarity between the people who receive information from outside sources like the universe, the spirit guides, or a channeled entity, and the people who will only do what the president tells them to do, even if he's telling them to drink bleach. I see these outside entities <coughs> excuse me, telling people things that simply are not true. But if the universe says it, it must be true. I've never heard anything from one of these outside sources that even comes close to solving the problems that we have here on Earth. Stay calm. Go inward. Don't get upset. Remain balanced. Make the best decision. Look for your opportunity. Go big or go home. Protect yourself from other people's energy. Tell people what's bothering you. Tell people what you need. Don't pay attention to what's happening outside of you. This is the type of thing that I hear people saying over and over. We currently are living in the midst of a pandemic. I hear people talking about the virus, but they're not talking about the virus like it's coming after us. They're talking about the virus in, in using very distant terminology. We talk of catching the virus like it's a ball that we're throwing around. But the virus is not being thrown around no matter how much we sneeze or cough. The virus is traveling. The virus is moving. Yet we are, ta we are taught to ignore the virus. Many of us were taught that viruses are not alive. That's what I was taught. And I think it was the thought of many scientists until quite recently that viruses are not alive. And there are probably some scientists who still think they're not alive. But there are others who consider viruses to be alive, and this makes good sense to me. After all, our entire definition of life has been connected to DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid. Viruses carry genetic material. They are sort of like boxes with DNA or RNA inside of them. Sometimes it's a single strand of DNA, sometimes double strand. In many ways, RNA is just oxygenated DNA. 
If you read the scientific literature on how viruses enter cells in order to force the cell to make new copies of the virus, you begin to understand how violent the process of the virus, uh, well, what the virus is doing. Um, every time a virus enters a cell, the cell is killed um, in a really graphic way. I have put up links to various examples of research that have been done on the physical processes used by viruses to penetrate a cell's structural system. Even if you don't know anything about science, you can scan the article for verbs. The verbs that the scientists use to describe the process include trafficking, hijacking, and invading. It sounds quite a, light, uh, quite a lot like what we humans do to each other in the quest for more power and control. Viruses are considered to be parasites because they use the energy of the host for their benefits. Although alive, they fit no classification scheme that we have ever devised. We know only a very tiny amount of information about viruses or where they came from. We do know that they have been around for a very long time, and it's thought that viruses assisted in the original development of the cell membrane. Little wonder that they are so good at entering somebody's body and then piercing the cellular membrane to use the cell for their benefit. The classification of viruses as outsiders is a very good description of them. Viruses do not live on Earth. The world of the virus is in the animal or the plant that they invade. Viruses are incredibly violent, but we give them little thought. We cannot see them, and so we do not notice them. Nevertheless, more people, more animals, more plants have been killed by viruses than by anything else. In fact, viruses have killed many more people than humans ever have, yet we accept their presence here without question. And in fact, the people who don't believe in the pandemic do believe in viruses. They just don't see viruses as a problem. Why are we spending so much money to protect ourselves and also to kill other human beings who we think are our enemies? When we have this other being who is really the one that's responsible for the major amount of deaths and countless individuals. It makes very little sense, especially when you realize that we humans, we have the, the capability to kill these viruses. And although it may take a while for us to trust um, that a particular vaccine is good offense against these viruses, it isn't particularly difficult to find ways to deter them from taking over our bodies. You know, going back to the messages we get from above, we think of ourselves as predators. We like hunting, even if we don't like killing animals. We like hunting. We hunt for bargains. We search for information. We explore environments that are new to us. And then we have this problem. Many of us are extremely anxious. <clears throat> we are extremely depressed. We are extremely angry. And we don't know why. But we know that we should blame ourselves. And so we blame ourselves for most of what is ailing us. And we blame ourselves for most of what is ailing the planet. What I see is that we think of ourselves as one thing, predators, and yet we really are something else. We are being hunted. We are the prey. This is not the way we think of ourselves. We think of ourselves as being in control, as being powerful. But remember, we're weak. We're vulnerable. 
It's only our ability to manipulate the environment that allows us to keep living. We are definitely being hunted. We are definitely what's for dinner. So all the people who are anxious, who are depressed, who are angry, you all know something that the rest of us do not. You all realize something is being suppressed. The fact that we are what's for dinner, this is a hidden aspect to our lives. It is hidden in plain sight, that's for sure. Even with this pandemic, none of us will admit that it is us that is what's for dinner. We blame each other for the virus. We try to protect ourselves from each other, but it's the virus that is passing between us. It's the virus that's killing us. It's the virus that we should be paying complete attention to. Out in the wild, an animal that doesn't pay attention to what is trying to eat it, well, it's unthinkable that an animal living on its own out in the wild would ever not pay attention to its environment. But that is exactly what we are told to do. Don't look out. It's too painful. Look inward. You'll find your happiness inside of you. Even astrologers are telling us that. And I have a very hard time listening to astrologers saying stuff like that. I recently read a blog post from an animal communicator. It was a blog post that the animal communicator was putting up again. She had written it some years ago, but had received a letter from a woman in South Korea concerning the recent events during the pandemic. The woman who was writing in was asking the animal communicator to speak with the viruses and find out what they were trying to do by causing this pandemic. Communicating with viruses is not something that many people do, thank goodness, because viruses are really out to get us. Viruses are the one thing that will never be anything other than out to get us. Virus are the, viruses are the prototypical parasite, and yet they have played a huge role in our development. Viruses were the drivers behind the development of the placenta in, manimal, man, manimals, in mammals, and they're also the driving force behind the development of our intellect, among other things. In essence, we are genetically modified organisms, we human beings, and we were developed by viruses to be under their control. <clears throat> I didn't realize it at the time, but I started this podcast to discuss the power structure of humanity and how that power structure will always lead to authoritarianism unless we do something drastic. Well, now I can see the basis for our power structure, the basis for much of what we humans have done to each other and to the earth is based on the patterns given to us by the virus. And then I read this blog post by the animal communicator, and she falls in love with the viruses during her conversation with them, and she trusts them implicitly. And the things that they are telling her are really frightful. The things that they are telling her are reminiscent of things that Hitler said about Jews during the Holocaust. The things the virus said, the viruses said, are reminiscent of what Trump says about the reasons for why he ran for president. Why is Trump president? according to his own words, not according to what someone else says about him. Trump said that he was going to drain the swamp. In essence, he was going to clean Washington up. Hitler was also cleaning up Europe. 
But Hitler wasn't cleaning up swamp conditions. Hitler was cleaning up the dirty Jews. What did the viruses tell the animal communicator? They told her they are the cleaners. And they told her that people call us parasites, but we are equalizers or restorers of humanity. Hearing viruses talking about themselves as equalizers and restorers of harmony is like hearing national socialists talking about their honor in terms of the loyalty they hold to their supreme leader. And then you realize that many of Trump supporters consider loyalty to be the truth they live their lives by. And you understand why grown men are running around the country with guns demanding their right to a haircut. The viral energy runs strong with us humans. But that's only because we have forgotten who our mother is. And we are much more a part of Earth than we are made of viral energy. And you realize, of course, that viruses have no energy of their own. They must use the energy of others in order to survive, and they survive only by replicating. It's interesting that in the blog post written by the animal communicator, the viruses are very proud of their involvement in evolution. If you read the article closely, viruses also admit to being able to both save individuals, certain individuals, from infection and to infect certain other individuals. The choice seems theirs to make. And another thing, the viruses describe their movement through a population as a wave. And once you realize that a tsunami is a type of wave, you see that what they really mean is an explosive wave. They just leave the descriptors out of their description. It's an interesting way of telling the truth, a way that Trump shares. The last quote that the animal communicator gives us from her conversation with viruses is basically that the ener energetic wave that travels through a population is important to the viruses and allows them to move to their next mutation. This gives me the chills. Of course, the middle part where the viruses say not to fight them and just to surrender to them and allow them to do whatever they want to, that was that part was also very difficult for me to read in this, in this uh, article. And of course, I've got the link to it um, on this site here. Uh, the animal communicator loved the viruses and, trusted, and she trusted them. And that shows exactly how much we trust this so-called information that comes from outside Earth's sphere. It's not just the animal communicator that feels this way. It's quite a few of us. And this is why I'm talking about all of this. In the last two episodes, I talked about the Venus retrograde and the Jupiter re retrograde, and I offered some homework exercises to do, mostly listening exercises, just as a way of participating in the energy around us. But if we are prone to participating in messages that come to us from outside Earth's sphere, I see this as a continual withdrawal of our participation in Earth's environment. The more we participate in the energies and events here on Earth, the more we become children of Earth. And the more we withdraw our energy and our participation, and we give that energy to outside sources, the more we become like the viruses. I ran into another podcast in the last couple of days that I think will help you to see more 
of what my homework assignment is about. The podcast is called The Confessional, and the podcaster was a pastor here in Denver. She, she, I don't know if she still lives here or not. Um, she interviews people on the podcast who are the butt of public derision, people who other people love to hate. Uh, she interviews them, and, and in her interview, then you're able to see more of the person, more than the person that you simply have come to hate. Um, it's a way to get through um, some of the difficulties that we find in our public sphere. I'll put a link up to her podcast um, on this site as well. And uh, that's where I'm going to leave it for today. I will also put a link on how a mosquito takes blood out of your arm because it's eerily reminiscent of how the virus works and it doesn't have all the scientific jargon. Um, it has graphic pictures instead. Um, and I'll be back with information on evolution uh, as astrologers. It's important to learn about evolution. So if you need to give me a call, my number is 720-608-0309. My email address is governmentalastrology at gmail.com. And as always, I'm glad you're here.